Hello again, everyone, and welcome to Joe's Tango Podcast, where we hear from all types of fascinating tango professionals. We hear about their experiences, their insights, and through that, we figure out ways to improve our own tango. I'm your host, Joe Yang. Thanks for tuning in. And as always, thanks to all you newcomers out there. Really happy to have you with us. And please take a moment to check out our previous episodes. You will no doubt find answers to many of your burning tango questions. I'm really liking the feedback I've been getting from many of you, so if you ever want to reach out for any reason, don't hesitate to send me a message at wisconsintango at gmail.com. Once again, that's wisconsintango, all one word, at gmail.com. To help keep the podcast going, I am also accepting donations through PayPal. There's a link in the description and also one on the podcast website. Thanks for your support. My guest today is a native of Rosario, Argentina. In 1998, she moved to New York City to study at the Martha Graham School of Contemporary Dance, and she is now located in San Francisco, California. She started dancing at age six and has a background in a variety of dance genres, including ballet, contemporary, flamenco, Afro-Haitian dances, and many others. In addition to being heavily involved with Argentine tango, today's guest is also a staff teacher for the youth program at ODC, Oberlin Dance Collective, and is also a staff member at the renowned Casadero Performing Arts Family Camp. And with me now is Andrea Fuccilieri. Andrea, so good to hear from you. Thanks for being on the podcast. Hey, Joe. Thank you so much. I'm super excited to be talking with you right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, so Andrea, you have been dancing pretty much all of your life. So with all of your dance experience, how is it that you fell in love with tango? Okay, this is uh, really interesting because so I started dancing when I was six. And at school, I will do all the tango shows, but I will just look it up on the TV because we had a show called Grandes Valores del Tango in Argentina. Mm -hmm. And I will just like pick up the steps and do it as a leader and as a follower. And then I went on with my dance career, but it wasn't until I moved to uh, New York in um, 1998 and I saw Forever Tango performing at Lincoln Center and suddenly you know when you get that feeling of a cold bucket of water over you and I'm like oh I'm from Argentina and I'm a dancer and I do not know this dance so yeah I think it was uh, part of you know being away from home and I was by myself in New York at that time Mm -hmm. I was 22 and so then this is how I fell in love with tango. I guess uh, the nostalgia, you know, which is very interesting. This is what tango song is based on. Yeah. So then since that moment, I started to study. I actually started to, uh, with whoever teacher I could get my hands on from Argentina into New York mm-hmm. and then, you know, all over the place and then back to Argentina and study there. So that was my tango journey. Yeah. Nice. Now you're not from Buenos Aires originally. You're from Rosario. I was born Rosario, but I actually grew up north in Argentina. Okay. I grew up in Misiones. So I'm very familiar with the chacarera mm. and the folclore and the chamame, which is the traditional Misiones uh, folk music, okay. which is a lot of fun, actually. Okay, okay. Yeah, so so there was, like you said, you, you did see a lot of tango while you were growing up, but was it a, was it a really big thing for you when you were little? Yes, you know, every Saturday night we had this show mm-hmm. and the conductor's name was Silvio and I forgot the last name, but mm-hmm. it was called Grandes Valores del Tango. Right. And there were 
orchestras performing mm. and there were dancers. But we that's the only time I get to see tango live. It was just on TV. Okay. And the, the, my grandparents, they always play tango music. Mm. And my mom always played tango music. Mm. So I grew up uh, listening to Julio Sosa oh, and nice. with my grandparents to all the orchestras. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Nice, nice. What was your very first tango lesson like? My very first tango lesson, let me... Where was I? <laughs> oh my gosh, Joe, I don't even remember. You know, what I do remember is that, uh, so when I when I got into, when I was in New York, I don't remember who did I study. Like, one, I took one or two classes, mm-hmm. honestly, I can't even remember. But then I went to Argentina, and I met this one guy who was a total amateur dancer. It was an older guy. His name was Adrian. Mm-hmm. And, and he's like, you want to be my partner? And I'm like, sure. So I started with him, mm-hmm. and he showed me, like, whatever the little he knew. And I'm like, hmm, I'm not sure if this is the real tango. That's what <laughs> I remember. But then, you know, then, of course, I have a great experience with great teachers. Mm -hmm. How about your very first milonga? What was that like? My very first milonga, Mm -hmm. uh, that was, oh, my gosh. (laughs) Like the milonga, like going to the milonga, the milonga, actually, the milonga steps, the milonga. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, like like, like the the social dance. Ah, what was the first one? It was, oh, it was somewhere in New York, in Mm. El Triangulo. Oh, nice. I was just very um, observant, but I do remember, okay, okay, yes, now it's coming back to me. Mm -hmm. Uh, I remember that I I knew very, very little, but I will dance with this older gentleman, and he will make me do all these things. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. (laughs) So that was my experience, like... How can I do all the stuff if I didn't know what to do? But then I learned that if you're dancing with a good leader, um, you could actually do great things, even though you might not uh, have a lot of experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah, first milongas. It's always it's always fun to ask people because they always have some interesting. How about you? Are you are you a tango dancer? I am. I I did a lot of a lot of my early tango journey was was in New York. So I actually took a lot of classes at Triangulo. So. Yeah, very, oh, great. yeah, a lot of great memories of uh, of that location. So, yeah. Yeah, I haven't been there in so long. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so how did how did you start teaching? Can you describe that journey? Yeah, so I started teaching in general when I was 17 years old. Mm. Um, you know, I was getting paid to teach yoga to kids, but nice. my mom was a school teacher mm-hmm. and I always wanted to be a teacher, so mm-hmm. I it was very easy, I guess, very easy for me to tell people what to do or how to do it, <laughs> and I really love people, you know, it's yeah. like, I cannot sit in front of a computer for more than 20 minutes straight, but with people, it's like, I feel very comfortable. Mm. So I remember my first time teaching a, a movement was to little kids when I was 17, mm-hmm. and then, um, you know, you just get opportunities there, and you sometimes don't even know, you know, that you that you have talent at something until somebody points it out, and, and you know, then it starts to grow, and, mm. and then next thing you know, you have a, a group class and, you know, a bunch of private students, mm-hmm. so I guess it's out of love for for people and for sharing and I think that's that's my main thing yeah yeah so what do you like most about teaching young students like like kids oh my gosh okay Mm. so you know the huge difference is for me working with adults and and young kids Mm -hmm. and in you know like all ages 
um, yeah. is that children have an open mind and they don't judge themselves or mm-hmm. you as as harsh as adults do. So for adults, when I teach when I teach adults, you first have to go through their mind mm-hmm. to get to their body. With children, it's just easy. You just go to source very easily because they're open, they're open and and they're receptive. And also, mm-hmm. honestly, with children, you learn so much. Mm-hmm. Like I've learned so much how to teach adults from working with children. They mm. just constantly teaching you from this healthy uh, feedback. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, because a lot of people who learn tango, they start learning as adults. So I guess, you know, there are a lot of tango students who are listening. So what advice would you have for them? Or what what do you think um, older students might be able to learn from from younger students? Okay, so I love I absolutely love this question. I think that for whoever that gets into tango is you first have to get into your body, Mm -hmm. you know, get into your body. What does it feel like? What does it feel to hold somebody so close to you? What does Mm -hmm. it feel like to give and take in that conversation? Mm -hmm. I think that that we're so sometimes very afraid to, to give our weight to somebody else and to find that shared access tango is a very tricky dance because you know and i do modern dance and i do many different styles of dances Mm -hmm. um but tango you really have to give yourself and you have to be okay with making mistakes Mm -hmm. so my my classes to anyone even even if they've been in tango for a while and they're too worried about you know the way they should be stepping the way they should be holding themselves and Mm -hmm. i try to get rid of all that and just Feel yourself as opposed to think how you should be feeling. Just mm-hmm. get rid of the thinking. What does it feel to have your sole of the foot on the ground? Mm-hmm. I highly recommend go barefoot okay. and just get to feel your body. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you have so much knowledge of body awareness and movement, probably more than, than most of us who are listening. Yeah, so for some of the newer tango students out there, uh, what are some elements of movement specifically that um, that maybe we should be focusing on when we start dancing tango? Yeah, this is great too. It's a great question. So I, my recommendation will mm-hmm. be to first get to know where your balance is. Where is your weight falling? How mm-hmm. is your breathing? You know, how are you making the steps? Are you comfortable when you walk? And then, so once you begin with this, then you just add the element of an extra, the, the other human being. And then how am I feeling this person? You know, can I sense if this person is tense or not? And, mm-hmm. you know, I think really the moment we start concentrating on each other, mm-hmm. uh, I, I believe this for human race, the moment we start paying attention to each other and say, I'm dancing with Joe. Okay, mm-hmm. where is Joe's weight? Mm-hmm. Uh, is Joe feeling tension today? Yeah. Is he relaxed? <laughs> you know? If I bring my attention to what's happening right then, mm-hmm. as opposed to, hey, we should have stepped a little longer or, you know, uh, make the steps this way or that way. I mm-hmm. think I think I will take away all the written knowledge and I will go to the basics of, am I comfortable with you mm-hmm. sharing my weight with you? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, we can get into techniques and cleaning it up and into details and how to extend your leg from your psoas muscle and how to ground yourself and mm-hmm. how to never, ever be on one foot. I don't know what's going on out there, but I get some students where, you know, feel free to edit this. But, <laughs> but they're like, oh, no, I took this class and I got I to gotta be on one foot and the other foot has no weight. And I'm like, this is insanity. Mm-hmm. You have to use so much to be in touch with the floor. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
So yeah, just the main thing will be get comfortable with yourself, holding yeah. yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what I found is you know being really you know aware of be- being been between steps. I think I mentioned this in mm-hmm. an earlier interview. I when I first started, I used to kind of rush from place to place, from step to step, until they told me to slow down. And okay, but as you're moving, what are you feeling between the weight change? And yeah, that that really opened things up. <laughs> Yeah. Exactly. And you can even pretend you can have like your dinosaur tail, mm-hmm. you know, or like your mermaid tail or like, you know, just use your imagination. I use a lot of imaginary stuff you know, or imagination. I don't really know how you say that in English, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. just to imagine things like I tell my students, OK, you got to step on the mud and it's really <laughs> and find the in between of anything and everything, mm-hmm. you know, the inside of your body. In the inside of the inside, you know, yeah. in the middle point of, of everything. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad you used the the image of the dinosaur tail. I used to use that too when I was uh, teaching planeos to people. So that, that really helped. Great. <laughs> yeah. Great. Yeah, that's awesome. So in your experience, Andrea, what are, what are some good ways for advanced students to help beginner students? I will say just dance with them. Mm-hmm. Just dance. Just give them yourself, your best self through the dance. Mm-hmm. You know, when we when we uh, try to teach, and this is what I've learned from my two children, you know, they're seven and nine now. And the more you try to verbally say something to them, sometimes it, it works exactly the opposite. But I find <laughs> out that if you, and this is also with students, that if I am just there being my best, dancer out there giving you my best being on my active listening to the music enjoying myself Mm -hmm. that will get transmitted no Mm -hmm. doubt and i think that i think that there's so much uh non-verbal communication that you know can be um can be really highlighted and tangled so that will be my advance don't try to teach technicality just be that's it just be yourself and enjoy it and give your best Mm -hmm. Yeah, and as students start getting more and more comfortable with tango, we start telling them to be more aware about uh, the music. So what's your personal strategy on how to introduce the musicality to tango students? Great, I love that. So I uh, highly recommend to them to just listen uh, tango when they're doing something else, whatever it is, you know, driving, just like, just get the music in your system a little bit and mm-hmm. see what that feels. Don't think about it. Don't worry too much. Then later on, you will start feeling that, you know, it's like a conversation, like mm-hmm. someone is talking and that someone, let's be, let's call it the, the you know, the uh, the violin section, you know, then it's taking a break, then the bandoneon comes in or the piano. And then you kind of get this sense of conversation. Mm-hmm. And so what I am always trying to say is like, um, you know, just, just see where the conversation is going. See when the conversation is about to finish. Don't start a new conversation when the other conversation is finishing. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, just kind of like, uh, just take a breath, slow down, pause, mm-hmm. listen, a lot of listening. There's this thing, I think it's maybe because of the times that we're in where we're just so busy and yeah. we're doing a million things at once and we're listening, we're dancing tango and we want to hit every single instrument on the phrasing which is impossible you know (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's just insanity so Mm -hmm. and you know i highly recommend sometimes to really slow down even when you think that you're supposed to be going super fast slow Mm -hmm. down and see what happens yeah so yeah a lot of a lot playing with a lot of contrast and definitely just listening getting familiar with it and 
getting to know the music. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like what you said about slowing down. I mean, I, I, at really, especially at really, really crowded milongas, I mean, you don't have a lot of room to, to move and a darienzo comes on. So it's sometimes good to, you know, step every other beat instead of every beat. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I don't know, you know, personally, I don't know if it's because my children are growing. I'm not saying that I'm getting older, but, mm -hmm. you know, it's just like sometimes it's just nice to slow down, yeah. you know, and <laughs> just feel those other things that you didn't get to feel when you were so busy. But mm -hmm. uh, there's a different, yeah, like it just take a long, deep breath and like, feel your breath going in when we're dancing. I don't know if you've noticed, but a mm -hmm. lot of us sometimes don't breathe when we dance, you know, yeah. and then the tango finishes and then you like, you got to catch your breath. Slowing down, I think it's a major, not, not for tango, for anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, slowing down. That's really, really good advice. Well, speaking of advice, Andrea, what, what's some really good advice that you've gotten from some of your own tango teachers? Yeah, you know, I love I love learning from Cecilia Gonzalez. Mm -hmm. I, I know you, you know her. And yeah, yeah. I really love, because she has a lot of, you know, martial arts experience too, and I'm familiar with Tai Chi and, mm -hmm. and, and you know, a lot of different um, art forms. But she really, you know, made me think of not just the, the partner in front of me, but the surrounding, even behind me mm -hmm. and and around and in the space in which we're about to enter um, just something in the way she was teaching she didn't really said those words it's something in the way she was teaching she made me be really aware mm -hmm. of uh, almost like my outer body when I'm mm -hmm. dancing so I I you know I, I mean I I've learned from so many great teachers mm -hmm. and, and all of them have said so many powerful things but I think from um, what resonated with me was that energetical aspect of the dance mm -hmm. now you also lead right as well as follow i do i lead i am not a great leader by <laughs> any means you know i i don't dare to let's say take luciana Vache to <laughs> to be my follower on the dance floor but mm -hmm. you know i i love leading and i think it's it's uh i think it's really great i think you know what mm -hmm. i think that we gotta break this lead and follow thing and we all need to start leading and we all need to start following yeah. i think there's just so much in there so mm -hmm. i know i know it's like i gotta get i gotta get more serious on that on mm -hmm. that but i think it's great you know when i do teach the class and we teach in san francisco we teach in all gender classes mm -hmm. and you know we try to keep it everything pretty even we highly recommend okay now let's switch role yeah this is easy when you're in the beginning stages when you get more advanced and you know the students have been focusing on either leading or following for a while it's mm -hmm. tricky to ask them to suddenly change roles but yeah. i think we need to start a trend where we all just lead and follow from the beginning because there's so much information mm -hmm. like i became really compassionate towards my leader when i learned how to lead you know yeah and it's uh sometimes it's very comfortable to to just finger point your leader or like <laughs> it, because it's such a difficult and that's why i tell the followers it's a very difficult you got to make the decisions you got to be on the music you got to take care of this and think of that and what mm -hmm. to do and you know and then your followers have the faith and then you feel so bad and you don't know what to do and you just step into someone yeah. so it's like it's a lot yeah 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 so, so when you're when you're leading andrea do you uh, are you very intuitive when you lead or do you have sort of this plan going on in your head and what you want to do? 
Yes, I say yes to both. I am very intuitive, and the plan in my head is to concentrate on whoever I'm leading. That's the plan. So I, you know, and I think this just opens so many doors as Mm -hmm. a leader because I need to, what's good if I have a plan if I don't know who I'm dancing with? Mm -hmm. And so the first thing when I'm embracing either, you know, a male or female or anyone, any human being, or even when I'm dancing with my children is, Can I feel your center of gravity? Can Mm -hmm. I feel yours and my center of gravity together? Can we sink into that together? If we can find that together, we're going to have a very different conversation if we cannot. Mm -hmm. So absolutely, my goal, whether a follower or a leader, to be honest with you, is Mm -hmm. to sink in with my my partner. Mm -hmm. Sinking in the way of, not holding on or putting all my way into them, but like uh, find that that makes us one in the dance. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. once as a leader, once I find that, and then, you know, then the next thing will be like, are we together with the music? Are we listening to the same aspects of the music? Or if we're not, can we be on the same one, on the same line of mm-hmm. musicality? And then, you know, I build it up from there. Nice. And then the other aspect will be, are we playful enough? Are we to worry about the steps? So we are okay with making mistakes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Andrea, I want to change gears a little bit to the topic of performance, because that's something you've had a lot of uh, a lot of experience in. So, there are a lot of students listening who may be thinking about performing, perhaps you know, with their class or perhaps at a at a showcase someplace. Uh, what's your personal strategy on how to prepare for a performance? Yes, my personal strategy is. I need to be good with myself. Mm-hmm. I need to know that I am giving my best and that I have prepared myself. And then no matter what, I'm going to be there 100%. Mm-hmm. And I tell myself, and this is what I tell my students when I prepare them for a performance, and this is of all ages, mm-hmm. is, you know, be, be okay with whatever comes your way. You might have a super perfect choreography and then suddenly something happened that is completely out of your control mm-hmm. and you know, you can choose to be a hundred percent affected by it or use it, you know, and ride it as the wave in the ocean. Mm-hmm. So another thing is like the, the viewer doesn't really know exactly how things should be, mm-hmm. but your face will give it away or your state of being will give it away. Mm. So I think that taking the time to be okay in your own skin mm-hmm. and and finding your space and where you are and knowing that, you know, what you're doing and you're doing it from the heart, I think that will ease a lot of self-criticism that we have, you know, especially when we're ready to perform. Of course, we want to be great and we want to be perfect and we want everything to go perfectly. But, you know, your heel of the brand new shoe that, you know, you would have never thought that would happen mm-hmm. can break. And yeah. then, you know, what do you do? Did you mm. stop and take out the shoe or you just <laughs> keep going? Yeah. You know, I'm gonna, I want to tell you the story. I was working with one of my the little kids teaching at ODC, and uh, this is like a six, seven-year-old. Uh-huh. And she had like this really cute shoe. And mm-hmm. the shoe, they were doing this thing back and forth. It wasn't tango. It's just like a modern dance piece. Okay. And the shoe came off, and and she just big smile, and she had to go backwards, and she left the shoe right in front. And then the next thing in choreography, after like one or two minutes, the shoe just stayed right there, and, you know, on stage. 
And then there was another part of the choreography where she came close to the shoe and the way in which she slipped the foot back into the shoe, it was so <laughs> classic. It was just like everybody started to clap because everybody saw that she was okay with it mm-hmm. and that she knew she was, you know, was liking one shoe. But then she took the opportunity to put it back on and it was just a great memory. I wanted to share <laughs> that with you. Nice. Yeah, it's great that she just had the presence of mind. I'm just going to put it right back on. That's great. <laughs> That's what I mean. That's what I mean about children, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, Let's be like little kids. Life is okay. Yeah. It will go on. That's that's, that's great. Yeah, because we have so many hang-ups as adults. And then when we try to learn tango, we always think we're being judged when we're not. Absolutely, yeah. 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 So, Andrea, how do you keep challenging yourself? Great. I love that question. So, I am 43 years old. And like I said, I have two children. I am married to a musician here mm-hmm. in San Francisco. And we are very artistic family mm-hmm. and I you know with tango and modern dance so I do modern dance besides salsa and swing and mm-hmm. you know different styles I love flamenco I mm-hmm. I play castanets and but I for example tomorrow we have a performance at OBC and this is a, a modern dance mixed tango and this is how I keep myself mm-hmm. challenged you know tango for me has become this way of communicating with someone, mm-hmm. uh, regardless of the steps, it's becoming a way of, um, you know, like being one with another human being mm-hmm. and without even, you know, might not necessarily have to know that well a human being, but just connecting at another level yeah. and uh, adding elements of modern dance, uh, being able to, you know, find different disciplines mm-hmm. and, and how we play with that. So it's, this is actually another way I keep myself challenged. And I just finished a uh, neuromuscular technique on spiral movements. Mm. So it's all uh, circular spiraling, which I love and it's great. I'm going to start teaching that. Mm-hmm. It will be coming up soon on my website. And I also just finished an animal uh, flow training, which is all quadruple um, workout. Wow. You know, like we used to be little monkeys and uh, we used to use our upper bodies way more. Yeah. We don't do that anymore. So mm. our upper bodies are really weak. Okay. We can't climb anymore. We're not using it. So, mm. um, yeah, this is this is the way I keep myself going to be able to share with, uh, with children, uh, mm. you know, all these different body awareness techniques, mm. including tango. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and the wonderful thing about, about tango is that there's always something new to learn with this dance. So even though you've had so much experience with tango and with dance in general, uh, what's something new about tango that you've learned recently, maybe perhaps in the last few months or years? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Let me think here for a moment. Mm-hmm. You know, an incredible discovering mm-hmm. has been... Um, Okay, because you got you, you're sharing your upper bodies, you're sharing your torso, mm-hmm. you're sharing all of your senses to each other, mm-hmm. and there's this tendency to forget about the back. So, uh, applying, um, you know, having this, uh, this is what I've been teaching my students, and it's been working out great. It's mm-hmm. like having this sense of a waterfall that falls down the top of your head, down your back as mm-hmm. you're dancing awakening your, you know, your dorsal uh, spine as if you were just like a little fish breathing from your, uh, you know, from your back mm-hmm. and switching the, um, you know, perhaps in the dance where you can switch, let go of the embrace and mm-hmm. find the back of the other person and get back into 
into the embrace, you know, put it in a way that will work. You can see this, you know, like Chicho and Sebastián, they've been teaching mm -hmm. the soltadas for a long time. I'm, I'm looking now at the soltadas with connection in your back, you mm -hmm. know, like um, we're so much in the front. What can we discover? And we're playing this, you know, dance here with a great dancer, which I'm sure you know, Homer Ladas. Oh, yeah. We're teaching the classes on a cell space. We've been... Uh, partners for a while and then great friends and mm -hmm. I, I'm helping him with um, keeping the self space going and, and alive so we, we teach together once a week so there's you know this is for me especially because I'm very interested in, in body awareness and uh, go deeper into tango mm -hmm. I'm playing a lot with the back body nice yeah that's what I love about this dance it's there's always something new and who knows something else to, in a couple months you maybe you'll, you'll add something more to that yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a capoeira tango. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you never know. You have no idea. You never know. Absolutely. You never know. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so Andrea, this has been a lot of fun. So where do we find out more about you online? You can go to my website, andreafuccilieri.com. Okay. And also, I work very closely with Trio Garufa. Oh, with nice. the performances and show. Mm -hmm. And this is uh, a trio of um, Argentine tango music. Yeah. Um, actually, our guitarist is from Argentina. Yep. And Sasha, the bass player, is uh, from here, California. And the bandoneonist is from uh, Switzerland. But that's triogarufa.com. Nice. And yes, if you come to San Francisco, shoot me an email because you know i love to receive people and yeah. uh meet up at the milonga this is a great community mm -hmm. uh lovely people and yeah i really appreciate you john uh contacting me it's been a pleasure talking yeah, with you likewise okay and i'll have your your uh, website in the show notes so people will be able to look you up Awesome. Great. Okay. And uh, let me know when you come into town. I, I will. Yeah, I, I was actually there a couple of years ago. I did teach a, a small workshop at Milonga Genesis. And uh, yeah, I'd love to come back and, uh, and, and meet you in person. Great. Great. Well, we'll be here. All right. Thank you, Andrea. She is energetic, isn't she? I really like what you said about taking the time to be more aware of the person we're dancing with. Instead of looking for things to criticize in our partners, when both prioritize the comfort of the other, the dance works really well. I also like what Andrea said about feeling and keeping an open mind the way kids do. When we think of dancing tango by having it feel more natural, we often assume that it's an advanced state that we need to work towards and that it only happens after perfecting technique. But what Andrea is saying is that it starts with feeling and not in some sort of new agey hippie way. Starting with feeling is actually quite practical. It's about being open to connecting with another person without judgment, about slowing down and noticing what our bodies are doing. And once we're comfortable with feeling and connecting, then we can talk about technique and posture and all the stuff that our adult minds are more comfortable with. So thank you again, Andrea, for your time and for sharing your thoughts. And thanks to all you listeners for tuning in. I am incredibly grateful to have you as an audience. If you're enjoying the show, please take a quick moment to visit iTunes, SoundCloud, or whichever podcasting platform you're using. Subscribe if you haven't already, and please leave a five-star rating and review. That helps out a lot. To help keep the podcast going, I'm also accepting donations through PayPal. There's a link in the description and also one on the podcast website. Thanks for your support. 
Okay, that's it for today. You've been listening to Joe's Tango Podcast. I'm Joe Yang, and I'll talk to you again soon. Bye.